Okay, Philippians 4 again. Adrian, since you haven't been here a while, I'm going to ask you to start reading verses 1 through 7, I think is a nice case. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm, thus in the Lord be beloved. I entreat Eudea and I entreat uh, Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Okay, the thing that uh, jumped out at me is that Paul had some fellow laborers who are women. Hmm. <laughs> this week, uh, the Adventist, let's see, the Association of Adventist Women posted on Facebook that they wanted everybody to wear purple to church to show women pastors we support you and if you did if purple wasn't your memo purple and I got the memo and I was going to wear purple anyway but <laughs> they they said if purple isn't your thing wear a daisy a sunflower. A sunflower, that was oh, it. Oh, a sunflower. A sunflower. <laughs> now, here's the interesting thing I learned about sunflowers this week, and that was another posting. Sunflowers, when the cl- days are cloudy, face each other oh. to gain synergism and, and <laughs> heat and, and life from each other. <laughs> I thought that was very interesting. Because, you know, in the sun shines, they're just right yeah, up there. Right, and they will track mm. and follow the sun. <laughs> right. But, but this, oh, when they sun. don't have the sun, they yeah. fo- wow. showed a picture of two sunflowers <laughs> looking at each other very closely. <laughs> that needs to be an emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Women in ministry with Paul. And I didn't remember this in Philippians. I've always gone to Romans where he has a whole list. Uh, so throughout church history, they thought that this was a male and female. They would not accept that it was... Like Junia. Yes, yes. They said, oh, this is a, a husband and wife. You know, this is a male and female. Um, but finally, it's like, no, these, these are two women. Uh, the idea is that they are church leaders. They are people in position... And that Paul was imploring them um, to resolve this. Well, and one, and the one first name, Yodia, has good in it. You, you. is good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Odia is related to way, good way. Uh, Odos, Odos is way, if it's related to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Sintiki means. Sin means together. Yeah, that's right. Two, it would be two, tuk. Yeah, tuk. We always write it with a Y, but it's really a U. Upsilon. Um, Did you take Greek? 
used to be required of honor students. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, not anymore. So it'd be sigma, iota, and just a minute. <laughs> sigma, upsilon, nu, ta, what's the last, the T. I'm getting, I get Greek now and Hebrew kind of mixed up <laughs> together. It'd be, it'd be Kai, wouldn't it? Kai. Kai. Um, fortunate literally with fate. So, Yudia and Sintiki are people mentioned in the New Testament. Yudia meaning unclear, but possibly sweet fragments or pos- prosperous journey. Prosperous journey would make more sense, or good journey. That's right, Yudia. You is good, definitely, we know that. But Odia. Sintiki means fortunate, then. That's interesting. So, good, prosperous, and fortunate. That's interesting. So it says to help these women for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life and it's like Paul is singling out women here mm-hmm. to commend a little piece I learned this week thanks to reading something out loud to my students that I've read before and didn't tumble something about reading out loud you, you slow down so you catch things the author was talking about Babylonian influences on Judaism. And it talked about how, about divorce and, and the Babylonian influence on divorce and how there were other areas of Judaism, like in the Elephantine documents, which are Egyptian, from the group of, Egypt, group of Jews that fled Palestine under Nebuchadnezzar and went to Egypt and dragged Jeremiah along with them. Uh, that, those documents allow women and men to d- divorce all completely, uh, whereas in Babylonia only men were allowed to divorce women, and that seems to carry over to Judaism. Only men can divorce women. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't resist stopping and saying, you know, Jesus in Matthew 19 addresses the men. It's not address mutual divorce. He he addresses the men. And that I'm talking about Matthew 19, where Jesus encounters the Pharisees who say, "How come Moses allowed Moses commanded us to divorce?" Since Jesus said, "No, no divorce," and uh, Jesus says, "Moses allowed you to divorce." He corrects them. Moses did not command you to divorce. He allowed you to divorce. And only and she o- he only addresses the men, yeah. agree uh, admitting that they were obeying the more the Babylonian structure than the other ones that were available. So I, I just I I thought that was interesting. Anything else in these first few verses? Actually, first three verses. Uh, I do think it just I think it's interesting how. You know, in the past, how Katrina was saying that uh, how some people insisted that at least one of those names had to be a man to make it a yeah. husband wife, but that's still a bit of a stretch because he comes back and says, "Please help these women." So somebody wasn't reading. Exactly. I, I um, maybe I'll use this. I I've been asked to do a lesson for the choir room Sabbath school the first of the next quarter on. Uh, Hermeneutics for Dummies. I don't like the title. I've asked uh, Nancy LaCourt to rethink that. 
<laughs> because I, I said, what about all the the thoughtful people in the, cl- in the choir room <laughs> Sabbath school who would not consider themselves dummies? Right. <laughs> but um, Not for me. Um, <laughs> how about like a primer on hermeneutics or something that just... Yeah, to give an idea that this was just an introduction or something. Introduction yeah, I'd like a more snazzy title. But anyway, <laughs> I uh, think this would be a good passage to put on the screen. I'm thinking of doing inductive mm-hmm. method and just throwing problem passages on the screen. And we talk about how we read the Bible. How about that, how we read the Bible? Yes, hermeneutics is re- interpretation. Uh, well, as, right. as your title. Oh, how we read the Bible? Yeah, except that that would be so tame that my audience would just say, oh, I don't think I'll go to Sabbath school today. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe those people should go to your Yes. Yes. Um, So uh, since I teach a class in hermeneutics, as Adrian well knows, (laughs) um, I'm going to have to figure out what to leave out. I guess <laughs> for a quarter. Not getting a whole quarter into oh, one Sabbath school. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a little much, don't you? How about uh, in one day. <laughs> actually, the first part of the quarter we do more exegesis stuff, and then the last part of the quarter we do uh, hermeneutic. But nevertheless, I do like this passage because, it, and I can use Junia with it. Because for many, many years, Junia was considered male. I don't remember the storyline anymore of that. But eventually they saw the light of day and realized she was a female. People still deny. Yes. Yes. Just kind of by definition. That's what you do when you don't like something. You just deny it. Well, they want to right, say that's our whole society. In the churches, that's it. They want to go by this other part of Paul where he says women must remain Oh, I know. Silence. I know. It doesn't fit. Mm. So uh, maybe we should use these, some of these passages like Paul's straight statements that make it sound like women shouldn't be shut up in the churches and not speak. All right, let's move on to verses 4 and 7. I think it's interesting that he says, let your reasonableness be known in this translation. I'm not sure what other let translations are. Gentleness, gentleness is my okay. translation. I like that better than moderation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine's compassion and love. Yeah, compassion. So you're, you're reasonable to people. You're gentle with them. You're, uh, it has all these nuances, probably. Mm-hmm. How do we rejoice always? I had a class on Proverbs versus Ecclesiastes, the optimist and the pessimist. Mm -hmm. And uh, towards the very end of class, I got the brainstorm of everybody finding out who they were, optimist or pessimist. (laughs) And uh, I don't know if I skewed my taking of that test. I came out glass half full, which means I'm a moderate in between (laughs) somewhere. But I'm at least not the glass half empty. <laughs> what does the optimist see? Well, the the, the optimist is glass full. It's full. It's just half water and half all the time. Good point. That's very true. True. The way I see optimists and pessimists is the optimist never sees a red light. <laughs> And the pessimist never sees a green light. <laughs> uh, good point. <laughs> well, you know, Jean, I think the um, 
we've been memorizing this passage, and our, you know, it fits so good with our, our personal needs to not be anxious. I, I was, I had a very anxious mother. <laughs> it's so easy for me to be anxious and worry. About Both everything. my parents are in that category. I had no choice in the matter. Uh, I was, um, you know, I was doing some uh, healing and forgiveness stuff with some my uh, like clients this last week, and then I, I don't know if I'm right. I'm interested in your opinion on it, but I, you, know, you rejoice, and then he says, with your prayers and petition, but give thanks. That, but praise, you know, the Lord inhabits the praise. I think one of the most intimate, powerful things to connect with God is you praise and rejoice, and you're you're in that total instead of saying, "Well, I hope this happens," and Lord, I'm so sad, you know. That you say the petition, but then you thank him already for. Uh, is that is it giving it that kind of? Oh yeah, concept? yeah, that's how I see it. Um, notice that you're not to rejoice in your circumstances; you're to rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord, yeah, that He has. Been, yeah. It'd be hard on us if we tried to rejoice in all of our circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. But we can rejoice that God is in our circumstances. We can rejoice in Him. He's the constant. I learned that by taking care of a couple of cats in the neighborhood. Here's the cat lady of anyone talking to <laughs> These two cats got abandoned. That I was taking care of them because they weren't well fed where they lived. So I would go to their house and I would give them food. For a, a while it was just dry food and then one cat was just having <coughs> trouble eating the dry. So I started adding canned meat. And, and uh, I worked it out with the person who owned the cats. She really wasn't that caring about them. And then she had to, she moved away, so they had no heat in the winter time because they were going under their her mobile to get some heat, and the heat went away. And then one day the porch went away that they were sleeping on, and then one day half the mobile went away where they were staying under, and finally the whole mobile. At each time the half of the mobile would leave, they would be gone for five four or five days and not coming back and they'd come back thin and hungry and just you could tell they were traumatized just traumatized but as long as I was there they could recover and it came to me very forcibly it was like God said to me you are their constant just as I am your constant in times of change and loss and I think of that God is our constant he's the one who never leaves us who never forsakes us and that's I think later on here in this chapter um, I will never leave you nor forsake you but it, it's really an expression the praise and thanksgiving is really an expression of faith isn't it you're you're, you're, you're exhibiting that faith even though you don't see it the evidence you're already thanking him or you're praising him or thanking him that he's going to do something about your situation it may not be what you asked for specifically but it will be yeah. he will answer that prayer in some way what I've noticed and I'm thinking particularly the healing of forgiveness or you know, abuse, brokenness so that's the approach the healing 
always try to explain to my client the healing is in proportion to the praise and thanksgiving. It's a very spiritual process. I'm you know, walking through the say, Lord, th-, you know, it's, every time you think about it, I want you at least five, six times a day. Say, Lord, thank you for taking that and put it as far as the east is from the west. But it seems to be that and it was tied in with the faith, is tied in, but certainly I observe it's very much tied in with the depth of healing, how much we trust in and praise him. You know, I think another factor is to look for the little ways in which God is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been, I've been, those have been popping up everywhere for me. Uh, to give w- one example, I fix my mother's pills every week, every mm-hmm. on Friday, uh, so that she, because she, she's blind, she has macular degeneration very badly, and she just opens her pill box and she empties them out in her hand and. So she doesn't have to figure out, do I have all my pills? And um, I use vinyl gloves. I I get a box at the the hardware store. And I use these gloves. And unfortunately, they they stayed in my parents' place, which is very overheated (laughs) for several reasons. My dad's (laughs) cold-blooded. Um... And they got so warm that they, when you put them on and take them off, all this stuff comes out. And and I didn't realize that I was putting my hands on my pant leg and, and everything in my pant leg. Was, I looked down at it and it was like, oh no, oh no, it happened again yesterday. My dad has a nice pig brush, <laughs> clothes brush, and I could get it, get rid of most of it. I didn't think too much about it. I went to my car. I thought, I'm going to have to wash these pants. I really don't have time for it, but I'm going to have to do it. And um, the next time I looked down at them, they were as clean as if they had been dry clean. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no explanation for this. <laughs> Little things like that. I see it in the classroom sometimes. And if if we always look for that mm-hmm. in our lives, uh, our, we can rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know the famous story of Betsy Ten Boom, the bed bugs. Mm-hmm. They were put in a in the concentration camp in the most filthy. Bed, bed bug ridden. Bed bugs and lice. Lice, rats, rats everything was in this, this one long building that they were in, and bunk beds, and Betsy and uh, Corey. Just was fit to be tied. She just she couldn't handle staying there. She, she it was just horrible to her. She's why couldn't we be in a better barrack? And they went on. And time went on, and they heard the screams of women nightly and all the other barracks as men raped them. Oh. And their barrack was never touched. <laughs> and they fi- Betsy said, see, we can thank God for the bed bugs. <laughs> That's a cool story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what that says about the kind of person God is? It talks about, you know, the gentleness, but would would care or intervene in those little ways in our lives. You know, think, what a...
Oh, I know the details that he takes care of in my life. I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm constantly amazed. Like the other night, I'll tell this story. Um, I came out on the porch getting ready to feed my cat and the other cats up the way. And uh, I heard this, Row! I was like, okay, where's the kitty? Because my cat never meows like that, hardly ever. So I looked, and it seemed to be coming from my car. Mm. So I went down, and here were two little white paws sticking out from my car, <laughs> under my car. And they pulled him back. And I kept going around the car trying to get him to come out. Finally, I crouched down, and I said, Here, kitty, 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 kitty. And he bolted out from under the car and almost jumped into my arms. And it was a kitten about 12 weeks old that this was, was gray and white. This, this was, was two, two, three days ago, two, two or three days ago. Is this a cat you know? No. Do you want one? No. <laughs> if it's a male, no. Oh, it is a male. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I'm surprised. It's, a little, it's the little things. Anyway, I was like, so what do I do now? I have I have four adult male cats to feed, who are not going to tolerate this kitten. And it's cold, and it's hungry, and so I I quickly grabbed some cat food I had actually had in my hands, and I carried him with the cat food, and he tried so hard to get out from my my arms, and I held him securely until I got to a shed where I used to feed a cat away from the others, and I put this food down in front of him, and he just (laughs) he was so hungry. So then I was like, still, what do I do? This cat, I can't leave it outside all night, but I can't have it inside because I'm allergic to cats. (laughs) So... I was coming out of my house again to go check on this kitten. And here came Karen Hahn, whose cats I feed. And I thought, maybe she has some kitten food. So I said, Karen, do you have any kitten food on hand by any chance? She says, oh, I have to look. But she said, I said she said, why? I, I told her about the kitten. And I said, I'm, I'm going to have to take, her to the, take him to the pound. She said, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Let me see him. So they went up to see him, and her daughter, Jen, who was with her, took him in her arms, and he was just oh, so happy to be in somebody, in a child's arms. It was like he just knew where home was. Mm-hmm. They took him home, planning to be foster parents. Well, come to find out, he belongs to a man named Victor. Mm-hmm. Avina. Avina. Uh, who works at the farm? Has horses. Oh, he has horses yeah. up there. And this kitten was there. With, he, he, they bought the kitten for a fa- another family, and the family didn't want it. Mm-hmm. So they took it to their horses, and then they left for a while. And the kitten wasn't getting enough food. So the kitten came. So Karen is trying to get a hold of them, and I suggested a person who's just retired in recent months. Uh, because this kitten is a lap kitten. It already wants a lap. And so um, we're going to try to find a home for it from somebody who's retired. Much better <laughs> than, than Victor. 
<laughs> because Victor has like four horses in one paddock and he's um, fenced it all different shapes and those horses don't get very much activity. Ooh. And I heard that animal control has told him he cannot have that many horses in that small of a space, especially in the winter because they have no covering. There's only one barn. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just hoping <laughs> so we can pray that God, who has taken care of this kitten so far, got him out of the cold, got him food, that he will provide a home. And if he's in a home where he's the only cat, he won't spray either. That's why right. I don't do males. Yeah, even neutered males. Oh, yeah. And I had a female cat that sprayed. Yes, they do. They do outside. So anyway, those are some examples, and I just couldn't believe the synchronization of that whole evening and how it just all came together. Mm -hmm. I've had things like that lately. Let your gentleness be known to everyone, the Lord is near. So what do those two things have together? Let your gentleness be known to everyone, the Lord is near. Does it mean that he is close beside you, or is he near? We always equate this with the second coming. Which way is it? Both. Both? <laughs> you can do that in the Bible, mm-hmm. except both options. So what does the second coming have to do with being gentle? Mine has a note here. I can read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, gentleness, spirit of forgiveness and acceptance. Lord is near. Judging must be left to God. Forgiving others allows us to obtain forgiveness at the final judgment. Okay. So leave judgment to God. Mm. Oh, and so in in your version, which which verse says it has gentleness in it? Because this version doesn't say gentleness anymore. It's verse five. Let your gentleness be known. Okay. Oh, this it's saying uh, magnanimity is what the word that they used. Mm. Magnanimity. Uh huh. Magnanimity. So being generous. Generous. Yeah, I think it, it means just about every good quality there is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's kind of one of those terms. Dr. Brennan Manning, he makes this statement. He says, I think the greatest attribute of God is his tenderness, mm-hmm. his gentleness. Mm-hmm. You know how he could paint such incredible pictures of right. the personalness of God. It just uh, he doesn't say he's love. Well, that's kind of broad, but when you get out to gentleness or tenderness, you know, it really describes person and I think that being the character of God is part of why we need that when God is coming so people can see that character Mm -hmm. and the world is not going to be a gentle place when he comes do not worry about anything if that isn't probably the most difficult thing in the whole world (laughs) coming from my background I know I always thought my dad didn't worry about anything, but it came to find out he was the most one of the greatest oh, warriors. And I thought my mother was the warrior in the family, but um, my I come from it. I don't know honestly or whatever. Kids pick that up, don't they? Sometimes you want to say it's a curse. <laughs> I yeah. I never I never worried much as a child. I didn't yeah. until I until we moved 
because we were in the country, and for some reason I felt very safe at Laurelwood. Mm-hmm. We moved them to Scottsdale, Arizona, and we were in still in a kind of desert area because the academy was on. there. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, the, the main road, Scottsdale Road, went mm-hmm. right out behind main, uh, main highway, and we could hear sirens, and and we were right near the fire par- firehouse. Oh and, my goodness! And and I can remember. Uh, my parents not coming home and not coming home and not coming home. Oh, That's when I began to worry. Something happened. Yeah. I could hear the sirens. I could, you know, and and, mm. and I was a teenager by then. And I think when you're a teenager, you're you're a little more aware of other people and and life and what can happen. And however, my brother grew up worrying because there was one death after another at Laurelwood. Um, we just yeah. Um, everywhere from a little two-year-old girl who had spina, spina bifida, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh. And um, she witnessed to the nurses and doctors in the hospital about Jesus. Only She was two years old. Ooh. She was just a year older than I, so I hardly knew her and, and it hardly registered when she died at three. Um, two law... Uh, no... A, yeah, a logger in the community whose children went to school at the same elementary school. One of them was in my class. Mm-hmm. He was on a tractor, uh, kind of on a hilly slope, and the tractor tipped over on him and crushed him to death. And uh, a logger whose child was in my class uh, was had a logging accident where the truck rolled down the bank mm-hmm. and killed him. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, it was just one thing after another when we were growing up. And um, um, the hardest one was uh, the math teacher's wife. They lived in Gaston. They had a chimney fire. She ran out of her house and yelled, Fire, fire, help, help, and then ran back in to get her baby. And they found them both suffocated. Oh, no. It was just... Like I say, it was just, you know, and, and then uh, yeah. the man across the road is my hut, Wally Konzak. Do you remember Wally? He uh, was my father's best friend. They played organ piano duets oh, together. Oh, no. He died of a heart attack in his own bed. Oh. And it was just, that was the way it was. Oh, grief. Yeah, it was grief. Mm. Uh, so my brother was worried. Constantly, if my mother didn't come home from work, she worked in the furniture factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just imagined the worst. He'd be pacing in front of the window. Oh. You know, he was four years older than I, so mm-hmm. he was nearly in his teens, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. he really felt that more than I did. Mm-hmm. I just kind of—I don't know—just didn't register. I—I I did have of when when Wally Konzak died. I began to really realize the uncertainty of life. I was five by that time, mm-hmm. and I was like. Maybe mommy won't be here tomorrow, mm. or maybe daddy won't be here tomorrow. Mm. And unfortunately, they had a youth congress in Portland at yep. that time. <laughs> and the youth congress theme was safe in his hands. Oh, and yeah. they had a, a cutout, large, very super large cutout of a of a man of God's hands holding a little man in them. And John Hancock had written a theme song, Safe in His Hands, mm-hmm. for that occasion. Mm-hmm. And it was at that Youth Congress that I was converted for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Youth Congress were great um, in Portland. HMS Richards preached his ser- sermon on Jesus, Lily of the Valley. 
it was just on Jesus and it, the love of Jesus just touched my heart and no, totally changed my so life. Cool. So it was like I am safe in his hands now. I, so that fear was taken away and I didn't worry anymore. It's kind of an unnatural thing, you know, when you have loss like that, and even, even I know, every time I come back here for two or three weeks, they're like, like your colleague, like Myron, my cousin, I, mm-hmm. he just doesn't exist anymore. He's just gone. You know, mm-hmm. I'd see him every day, or I'd go up to his house. And, mm-hmm. The car just, just wants to go up that driveway. Well, you just mm-hmm. kind of, this isn't right, this isn't normal for no. to have loss like that. We don't like it. Yeah. No. And I think there's something wrong with us if we do. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The only advantage to that is, <clears throat> like my parents always said, you know, when it's a tragic case like Myron, being young, mm-hmm. he doesn't have to go through the end days. He's sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Next thing he'll know is he's going to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Flip side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We miss them though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's us down here who yeah. suffer, not Myron. Mm-hmm. Okay, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be not made known to God. So we can supplicate, which means to what? What is supplication? Man with the dictionary down there? What is supplication? <coughs> Do you want me to look it up? Mm-hmm. Uh, the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. Okay. Begging? You can beg God. Yep. Mm-hmm. I could never beg my mother for things, but I can beg God. I can beg God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mom, what's her wrong with you? Her and begging. Huh? <laughs> she, she expected us to accept a no as no. Plead. 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 I love it. Yeah, pleading. Pleading. Mom and mom expected us not to try to wear her down. That was oh, yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't that she didn't want us to ask for anything, but uh, it's went. the eye blink. Please, 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 please. <laughs> that would work almost every time. I didn't have anything to work in. <laughs> 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 it was either yes or no. Oh, okay. I've been told off for trying to do that. He tries Bambi eyes. Bambi eyes. Yeah, oh, I, I, did to I love it. <laughs> that uh, it worked for me. Yeah, I did work for I don't know. <laughs> no? Um, you'd have to tell me. Our son would crawl up in my lap and look at me. Yes, please. I love it. The best story about him was after I quit breastfeeding him, and he got about this much milk in a bottle. And Philip would put him to bed so he wouldn't be confused. And one night I heard because his bedroom was at the other end of the house, and I heard his diaper. Yeah, he was coming, and he crawls up in my lap lap and he laid down and he looked up at me and he goes mama mert because that's what he called milk <laughs> and i said no you go get your baba from daddy <laughs> <laughs> that's that a sweet. hard one yeah. yep see you brought a tear in my eye yeah seriously so <laughs> cute <laughs> I think God has those heartstrings too. Mm-hmm. He must, because He allows us. To That's why He told. Remember, uh, Samuel was just pleading with God about Saul. 
you know, just he he was undone because Saul God had to just oh, yeah. let him go. Oh, <clears throat> and Samuel was pleading with God, and God said, "That's enough. Don't beg me anymore." Mm-hmm. Because I think I think it tears at God's heart, mm-hmm. and and when it's useless to bark, to mm-hmm. beg. It's just we're better off not doing it. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I have had a few moments in my life when I was terribly anxious, just almost traumatized, when it was like God just touched me in with his peace, and I had this incredible peace. So incredible. And you can't, it's, it is beyond understanding. You can't understand it. Well, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. He's really addressing worry here, isn't he? Mm. Yes. Even though he only mentions it once. He, he wraps it up in all these things that will keep us from worrying. And he says, basically, that even that isn't going to work. It's God who's going to keep and guard your hearts and your minds. And worry and anxiety is is uh, about ninety five percent of mental illness. The root of it, you know, is that I know that he, he really knew what he was talking about when he. he it's actually Fis, um, our Surgeon General, Dr. Coop, made that statement, or late Surgeon General, that eighty percent of all physical illness is caused by worry. It breaks your immune system down, you can catch everything. In. It's uh, a yeah. very good clinical advice <laughs> to not worry. <laughs> but it's so easy. We just are so prone yeah. to it. I remember one time when I triumphed over this. Uh, it was when uh, my cousin, who had wanted to marry me, and I refused, <laughs> uh, was stalking me. And I saw him once outside my house walking past at night. Um, and he threw threw rocks at my mobile and all kinds of things. Um, But he was, um, I was just barely sleeping, and every time I'd hear a noise, I'd wake up, and it was like I was trying to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And one night, I was like, you know, Gene, you're just ruining your health doing this. You're Mm -hmm. not getting a good night's sleep. (laughs) Your guardian angels are the ones that are supposed to protect you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to leave, and so I decided to leave it with them. I rolled over, went to sleep, slept fine all night, mm-hmm. and that was the last time I spent <laughs> trying to mm-hmm. protect Tip myself. <coughs> I have had I have had angels wake me up and have me go check a window. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at the time the one time I did that it was like he brought me to a sitting position and I went out and I went and checked the window and I looked at it wasn't locked. I had forgotten to lock it, have window locks. And I so I quickly locked it and I looked out and there was a very tall man <laughs> sitting outside that window, mm-hmm. sleeping. He had his head and a big hat to cover his face so I couldn't see his face. Oh, and uh, I'm God. like, Am I hallucinating or am I you know, is this this real? <laughs> It wasn't an angel. No, no. A, and a and I, I, I went to my... Well, I accidentally dropped the, the blinds, and they clamped loudly. And so I quickly hurried to my bedroom, but I felt impressed to wait to go in. Pretty soon, a big flashlight 
was scoping my bedroom. Oh. Like that. Mm. And uh, my heart was just pounding. Mm. Just just <laughs> pounding like crazy. And I got in bed, and I was like, okay, Gene, it's over. You can't get into your house. You have everything secured. Your guardian angels are here. You can just let it be. And I went back to sleep. Praise God. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah, no, Gene, I think it's easier for me to get my head around or explain it that it, it, worry or anxiety is fear. And what counts out fear? Love. Perfect love. And that's how I conquered my cousin. <laughs> I uh, I came to realize I had to forgive him, and I tried mm-hmm. reading the Bible to find a loophole, but I couldn't find a loophole. So I decided, I said, God, I can't, I can't do this. If you're gonna, if I'm gonna forgive him, you have to do it. Yeah, it's his gift. And uh, gift. it was like he shrunk this monster I had turned him into, and down to this little tiny uh, oh, figure, cool. and he put his arms of light and love around him, and he said. He is my child, and I loved him. And it was through the, through that love of God, I could forgive and love him in an appropriate way. And um, that <laughs> night, that that fear was broken. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah. Yeah. Honey, I shrunk your fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He really did. <laughs> Oh, that's good, though. That's good stuff. But then, you know, you, so much of this stuff is so tied with emotion. Mm-hmm. But if you go to that deep, intimate place with God, or whether you sing or whether you, you know, whatever you do, mm-hmm. it, 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 it breaks that. It just, remember Dr. Burns, we had him come one time, and, he, you know, he, he's from Stanford. He was a father of cognitive behavioral therapy, and, he, we would watch him. He hadn't done therapy in front of us. About 150 therapists from all around the nation were here that time. And I've never seen anybody. He could take you, and that's what his model. He actually had a Christian background. We say because he always using these Christian terms. Say what, Doctor Burns? Where you? Well, he had this faith background, but his healing, his whole healing model. You take the person to that intimate place, and he could do it faster than anybody I've ever seen in therapy. Where you. You know, out of your anxiety and your fear and your compulsions, whatever you, you know, pull it down there because that's where the healing is. The healing is in that deep, intimate place, and we would say with God. You know, you 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 come to that. And awareness. It, what is interesting is he doesn't mention love here, which you would expect, mm-hmm. right? No. But your gentleness is, or whatever you call that, I think it, it is, is intended to be the, the part of love that really does heal. Oh, we only got through three verses. <laughs> Those are good verses. They're the best, though. <laughs> so our time is up. But your peace, that, that brought to mind the comfort that you got from these stories that happened. It just, I've had some experiences similar, and the piece is unbelievable afterwards. It's just like whatever was there, like a horrible well, monster he, is he gone. just It's like, and, and the thing that always gets me about God is when he heals, it's done. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's, and over. It's over. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. and, create, and you're not the same. No. You're permanently different. 
Whereas, you know, therapy usually takes years I to know. accomplish. You're back the next week again and again. Yeah, it's a, it's a, and it's a gift, you know. So much we try to reach peace ourselves or we try to solve the problem or do that. But his, his stuff is really a gift. He gives you that gift of Complete healing and peace. And isn't that so hard for us to, we want to earn it somehow. Yeah, we want to do it ourselves. Quit broke So, mm-hmm. All right, let's have Good. prayer. Gracious God, thank you for reminding us of all the many ways in which you bring healing and peace and gentleness and love and trust into our lives. We thank you that Paul did not talk, spend the whole three verses talking about worry. But he spent most of those three verses talking about everything but worry, everything that would uh, take away worry, eliminate the need for worry, um, replace worry. We thank you that you give us these things, that we cannot do them ourselves, but that you give them as a gift. We pray that we might embrace that, embrace you, and rejoice in you always. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.